All right, guys. We're Good morning, live. everybody. How's it going, Dallas? Um, this is the first episode of Floated with your boys Rig and, and Kraus. How's, um, How's it going, fam? I'm Kraus. How's it going? How's it going? So we're gonna get this keg tapped. All right. All right, boys. How you doing nothing, today, Kraus? Nothing beats fresh squeezed. Ooh, I'm doing all right. Uh, how you doing, doing today? Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, another 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 long day at the office. I think I uh, put a solid hour of actual work in today, so I'm a little tired. Tbh. <laughs> and that's one out of eight hours, right? Yeah, of course. Um, I, I I was okay. uh, you know present physically for for eight hours yes yeah <laughs> all right um so today we got a little bit of an icebreaker episode uh we're gonna go through our favorite movies and albums and then at the end we're gonna give you guys a little taste uh of our favorite fictional women i guess i don't really know what we had in mind for that but well, i think i think the whole point I think the, what 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 my what my esteemed colleague is trying to say is you know this is day one uh, of the podcast and it's something that we just want to be able to have you our sweet sweet dear listeners to be able to sort of get to know your gracious hosts you know what we're all about what we what we what we have to offer the world what we what we care about what we what we find beautiful I guess well put good point well made thank you thank you. <laughs> know that this, uh, uh, this this pod this this episode is brought to you in part by uh, Celestial Beer Works. Now up and coming. Oh, already got a sponsor in the Dallas area. Yep. Well, they're not paying us or anything, but like I like them a lot. The oh. owners are very nice people, and I think it's just like right. I, I want to talk. I want I want to say that I really like their beer, and that's about it. <laughs> All in right. Fact, I'm paying them. Um, I'm paying them to use their name. <laughs> um. um What's that? Uh, nothing. Anywho. <laughs> I All heard right. zero of the words you said. Yeah, because they weren't really words. Okay. <laughs> Anywho. Um, so, you know, no need to uh, beat around the bush. We could we, we could talk about we could talk about our day as long as we want, but you know, let's uh you don't know who we are yet. So let's uh let's kind of just dive into it a little bit. Rig, you wanna you want to go first? What do you think? What do you think the the people need to know about us? I think they need to know our favorite movies first. Favorite movie? Um, Oof. Yeah. So let's go. Good movies out there. A lot of good movies. Um, but this is obviously cream of the crop. Uh, I have the best opinions about movies, so you know I'm gonna be right. Uh, honorable mention. I'm gonna go Shrek. Thoughts on that? Um, my only, my only thought on that is really just an honorable mention. That's the best you can give for the last true piece of original human artistic achievement. <laughs> I mean, Hey, look, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to start any fights here, but pretty much everything after Shrek has just been a reboot or a sequel TBH. <laughs> Dude. I mean, you can say that, but, uh, 
<clears throat> my top three is pretty killer. Um, when, when was Shrek made? 2001, buddy. Kraus. 2001. 2001? Yep. Okay, yeah, I guess I guess all the other movies I have were made after. But, Ooh. like I said, I have the best opinions about movies. Um, and I really think that my top three are pretty killer. But I did watch Shrek uh, Saturday night and just got to say I had a great time. I'm glad you did. Uh, it's probably been, it's probably been like a three, three or four months, I think since my last viewing. So I, I would, I would say that I'm due. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, it's always, it's always worth a rewatch, you know? Yeah, no doubt about that. Um, I actually recently just, uh, just started a band with a couple of people and, uh, we actually are, our, our, the name of our band is actually inspired by this film. We're actually called Shrek 2. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, not not many people will would, would realize that we're actually uh, name was inspired by a film, but uh, yeah, it is a little piece of trivia for you, a little extra, a little extra sort of, you know, trivia that you didn't think you were going to get today. What yeah. is it? But yes, my band Shrek Two is is inspired by the film. Oh, your ba- your band name is Shrek Two. Yeah, and it's and and like oh. I said. It's the the name Shrek Two is inspired by the 2001 film Shrek. Gotcha. Yeah, not right. many people realize that. I mean, you're the one ragging on sequels. <laughs> well, like I said, so I'm not I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Not claiming, not claiming to do anything original here. You know, we're just trying to have a good time. <laughs> no, no originality in these bones. Uh, what about you? Go for your honorable mention. Um, all right. Well, I'm I'm just gonna sort of uh, uh, throw 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 a film out there, and that's gonna be a uh, School of Rock. Ooh, honorable mention. Is... The reason the reason why I say honorable mention because um, uh, it I, I I want to 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 put it on the top of the list, and you know it's probably kind of tied with my with my my third third place choice if we're really kind of going out there. Um, just of the way it, it sort of uh, defined my childhood, you know, big, big music yeah. fan. And uh, I don't like to take things very seriously. So even though I am very passionate about music, I don't like taking it very seriously. And that's kind of a, uh, it, it really spoke to me in a very, very poignant way. Right. Because, you know, are you, you're not hard. Do you see yourself as, uh, do you as see a, yourself as, as a Dewey fan as a though? Dewey, as a Dewey fan. Um, yeah. you know, I, I like to think I'm really, I, as much as I would, you know, like to be a Dewey, I really think, unfortunately, minus the, uh, naggy girlfriend, I'm more of a Ned, you know, maybe at one time <laughs> that was kind of a big deal, but I'm pretty lame now these days. All right. I was, I was just thinking, Oh, no. Okay. Now I get what you're saying when you, you don't really care about the music. Okay. Or you do care about the music, but. You, don't like taking myself. Don't like take myself seriously. too seriously. And the whole movie is about like, gotcha. you know, obviously these people, you know, they all they do. He cares about his music, but he's also, you know, a whack job. You know, he likes the, he has a yeah. good time. You know, and that's what it's really all about. All right. Yeah. All right. Cracking into the top three now. Let's do um, it. 
I got a number three, the Boondock Saints. Um, I think a 2004 film uh, well, from you know, our boy him, Troy you Duffy. You don't have to tell me the title. What? You don't have to tell me the title. I don't know what your, 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 your mystery movie came out. The Boondock Saints? Oh, the Boondock Saints. I did not hear you say that. Oh. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, the Boondock Saints. Interesting. Good uh good good yeah. choice. Good 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 great yeah. great film. Great banter. Right. Dude, it's some of the best. I think uh I think I said the is it dead joke in sixth grade about like probably four hundred times. Mm. At least. Because you were funny. You were funny back then. And I'm definitely not now. Right. No doubt about <laughs> that. No arguments here, good buddy. Um, yeah, I mean, just the way the, I mean, like, I don't want to go into like how the movie was shot. Cause I really don't know, but, um, just the story is it, it's like one of those, it's one of those like 3am conversations you have with your uh your friends like yeah you're you're hammered and if, you're if like, you, like if you were given the opportunity would you monsters. right right it's like would you go kill a bunch of people um bad people but um yeah and of course your 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 drunk buddy is gonna be like oh yeah hell yeah of course yeah like like duh I would do that <laughs> but these mad lads wouldn't actually done it so right. I get it. I get it. It's like it's definitely like very much uh, living out sort of a second life, like fantasy kind of thing. Or like, man, I wish I was. I wish I had the stones to actually that do cool. something like that. <laughs> but I don't. So I'll just watch this right awesome movie. Instead. Awesome movie. Yeah. <laughs> Correct me um, if I'm wrong, but it's in the top ten for um, iterations of the F word. Correct. Of films, uh, I couldn't tell you, but it's it's definitely up there. If it's not, um, I'm gonna um, look into that, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll move forward, and I will uh, we'll we'll get a, we'll get an A, uh, dear dear reader, we'll get you an answer in the next uh, you know a couple minutes on that one. But anyway, let's just sort of move forward. Obviously, great film. Yeah. So you're not you're number three. All right, so uh, my, my number three, I'm going to um, throw out another film with excellent banter, uh, excellent twist, and actually a star-studded cast for how little uh, uh, notoriety, I guess, this, this, uh, this film got. But uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with uh, Lucky Number Slevin. Ooh, I have not seen that movie in... A hot minute to say the least. Yeah, and... I try to uh I try to uh watch it, you know, like once a year. I'm usually introducing people to it. But I mean, shoot, uh-huh. you got Bruce Willis, Morgan Freeman, Lucy Lou, Ben Kingsley, and of course Heartthrob Josh Hartnett as your as as the lead. Yeah. But um 
just an absolute like uh yeah no like i said it's a list cast for a movie that um i don't really hear people talking about too much yeah um i mean it, it is just kind of like one of those niche movies that you i it's either like you've seen it and you love it or you haven't seen it or even heard of it. It was on Netflix for a while, wasn't it? It was indeed. In fact, um, well, uh, back, back in, back in the day it was, uh, um, that's the first place that I saw it actually. Oh, um, really? Didn't even really know. Didn't really know what I was getting into. hadn't heard of it before, mostly because like I said, just didn't get that much uh it just didn't get that much that much you know no that, that much press i mean 2006 yeah. not uh so it's not even really that old but yep yeah um, i mean i've only, i've only seen the movie once so oh nice um well i i yeah, so recommend it, you going back and uh Re, re reviewing it because it has some yeah, of def- definitely best, too. because some of the best one-liners i think in just any of of of, of films in general and i uh, don't yeah. think i'm exaggerating on that they're that good no. i do remember it was good and funny um but i will say these these uh, movies that i have i've i've seen a number of times at least um yeah that's kind of how i i picked my list too like movies that i've seen the most and uh really just have dug deep had the most impact and i tried to pick lighthearted ones too actually okay yeah um without further ado let's uh what do you got by the way i did uh research has been done i uh spoke a little too soon boondock saints is ranked number 33 of all time yeah of the yeah that's, that's so, what i that's what i said as well so it's uh um i was uh i got a little too excited right it is but, below, in fact it, it ranks below one of my movies that is coming up but hey you know we'll get to that later <laughs> um yeah i was kind of surprised that it was solo but um there there were some movies that were just like no names and probably just brash just to be brash you know um so for number two i got one coming from wes anderson i got moonrise kingdom oh you bastard you went and picked my favorite wes anderson movie did you you? (laughs) dude moonrise kingdom like to me is just such a good it's so good Oh, it's another it's Bruce Willis flick. Yep, indeed. Um, it's, it's it's it is. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. Like I I got no arguments here. Um, just like the way that like, because I mean it's obviously like the main characters are all like kids mostly, and they're yeah. just like, you know, the way that they just like make these like child characters and just, they're just like normal people. <laughs> you know, they act just right. Like, they're just normal humans. We're just doing what normal humans do, except we're also children right. at a summer camp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it really because it's not really like a nostalgia factor to make you remember your childhood. It's uh, kind of like, I guess, uh, you're just like, oh yeah, I did have normal conversations 
when I was like that young, you know? Yeah, I exactly right. And and, and really what it comes down to is like all the conversations that you had as a child like that, um, whether whether they were normal by adult standards or not, they were still normal to you. Like you still just felt like you were having a normal conversation with another human being, like when you were talking to your childhood friends. And so the movie did like a really good job of like basically making us kids again and being like, just like just just like show you that like hey man like obviously like kids are dumb because they're kids but like also like they, they still like think that they're normal <laughs> and it puts you puts you yeah. into that it puts you back into that mindset very easily and like seamlessly too you don't think that that's what he's doing but you just kind of feel it as it's as it's happening yeah. you don't kind of realize it until like after you're like wow oh yeah those were all like kids <laughs> right <laughs> And then, and then you just kind of realize, wow, the adults in that movie were the kind of the idiots. assholes, yeah, Absolutely. and the idiots. Totally, totally agree. Um, and like, um, obviously, there's going to be spoilers in this episode. Um, like uh, Francis McDormand's character and Bruce Willis's character, they have an affair, and um, like they just they're like stupid about it and they just don't do anything about it. Um, whereas like, uh, Sam and the, the girl, um, they're actually like trying to be in a relationship with each other. Um, like at, like at, it's towards the end of the movie when, uh, they get, when they get her back to their house, um, and mm-hmm. she's talking to her mom. Um, like one of the most powerful lines in the movie, I think, is when she's just like, we just want to be together. And um, it's just like. This is a normal human emotion and it's coming from a 12 or 13 year old kid, you know. So just great all around film. Very, very heavy yet lighthearted, funny yet serious. Just well, well done, well presented. Yeah. All right. Number two for your boy. Number two. All right. Um, going with uh, an earlier, an earlier film. From my other one, uh, 90s, 90s film. Uh, Cullen Brothers, probably their masterpiece. The Big Lebowski. Oh, very nice. Yep. Uh, um, they just put that back on Netflix. Did they? That's good. Well, I mean, I own it, so. Right. You know, I actually do. Uh, the, the cool thing about these 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 three, my, my three, plus my honorable mention, they're films that I own. Like I think like that's like that's probably good. Like if you actually like bought bought the movie, whether it be, uh, yeah, you, that's you know that's a good sign that you're probably pretty into it, especially if it's probably a fan. About, you know, when you were a child before you were able to buy movies like The Big Lebowski. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and you went and bought it anyway uh, because you just wanted to own it. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I think I bought it in yeah I bought it in two thousand eight. It was like the it was like the ten year anniversary um, edition mm-hmm. 
of the of the film. So I've uh, been a fan, obviously, for quite some time. I love it for multiple reasons. Uh, one, again, I'm a big fan of like probably my biggest factor when I am deciding whether or not I like a movie or whether I'm like if I'm ranking a movie or a television show or whatever. It's all it's got it's all number one easily dialogue. And oh yeah, like I mean I'm it's that's not a I don't think that's like a hot take. I'm think it's like a particularly weird yeah. thing to say, but I'm sure a lot of people feel the same way as I do on that. But but that's it for me. And I think Big Lebowski obviously very funny, very witty, very tongue in cheek, and in addition. Yeah great commentary on sort of like like masculinity in general even like the the comedy that it is it's like there are definitely they, there's definitely a lot there it's about like i mean the whole the whole speech that uh the big lebowski the the rich the rich the rich guy the speech that he gives mm-hmm. about like what makes a man a man and he goes into all like all this like lots of different objects like what is like is is it the the ability to know the right thing and 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 actually do it when the time comes and or blah 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 he's going on and on and then of course you know Jeff Bridges is you know smoking yeah like that and a pair of testicles <laughs> and it's just like you know it's just kind of funny like the, just the way the, like the different ways of like understanding like what makes a man a man like that are a pair of testicles, you know, it's, I, it's, it's just, it's it, that dichotomy is hilarious. And the whole movie really kind of uh, addresses, addresses that. And uh, so I think it's definitely like relevant and poignant on its own, but also it's just yeah. an absolute riot. You're like, you're, oh, crack, yeah. you're cracking up the whole time. I don't care how many times you've seen it, you know? And uh, that's a rare, it's a rare gift. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, the Coen brothers just absolutely brilliant filmmakers. No doubt about um, that. But Krause, you gotta be sensitive. It's 2019, all right. Uh, yeah, men don't have to have testicles. Okay. <laughs> you, you really hit huh? the nail on the head there. You're absolutely right. Yeah. And um, so maybe they need to do a new Big Lebowski where Jeff Bridges, <sighs> yeah, or just a person that. Claims are a man. <laughs> right, because that's really all it means. That's really all it takes. That that is what being a man means. Um okay. So I got favorite movie of all time for number one, obviously. The two thousand six Christopher Nolan flick, The Prestige. Really? Honestly? Yeah. You, you got me. You got me shocked on that one. Great. Great film, 100% and into it. But here's the thing, not even my favorite Christopher Nolan film. I mean, that's that's fair. Yeah. Um, like it obviously doesn't have to be. Um, but uh, what was I thinking? Just so it, for me to like a movie, it has, it does, I do appreciate dialogue and like the cinematography is a big part of it. Um, but what I really like is the big idea behind it. Right. And, um, I think the big idea 
of the prestige is in your life, how far are you willing to go to uh, sell yourself? You know, like if you're what whatever you do in life, you know, you're you're putting up this act, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and like the whole idea of the movie is who can have like the best trick, right? And when um, Borden and Anzio are, uh, or Angier, um, why did I say Anzio? Uh, when Borden and Angier are partners, they go and see that old Chinese guy. Uh, and like, I think that's like the, I think that scene is like the key to the movie. It, like boarding gets it it's it's your it's your life that makes the trick it's what what you're willing to put in to um i guess like get what you want to be done done you know and angier doesn't get that throughout the whole movie he's always just trying to find the best shortcut the best uh, mechanics to fake it. He's getting the double. He's getting he, he he wants to chase Borden at every step of the way um, because fundamentally he just doesn't get that he has to commit to the act and he and that's why he ultimately fails as a magician and he well he doesn't he doesn't fail he's mega rich at the end but um fails in terms of like um morally i guess in, in morally in the in the prestige universe morally as in um he doesn't get that point right uh right. he he isn't willing to sacrifice himself and sacrifice what he wants to do in his idea f- for his act. And that's, that's why I love it. I love the, that that's what makes a movie for me is why, like what's the big picture in, in the movie, you know? Yeah, I mean that's all that, I got for it's a lot. That's uh, I never really sort of thought about it like that. Um, I always like sort of thought of it as a really great twist movie. Um, oh, it is, and a lot. Well, I know, but I mean, I mean, so is so is SLC Punk. If you just want, or I'm sorry, so is um, uh, Lucky Number Eleven. If you just sort of look at it that way, you know, and not sort sort uh choose to like read read into it a little bit but that doesn't mean like yeah it's, it can't be great like an actual like right really great yeah right but um and right, also well, also also great dialogue in the prestige yeah no doubt um, about that. like the end the ending okay. has to be like the most bone chilling not bone chilling but like i i literally every time i watch it goosebumps every time Michael Caine, Michael Caine, 
uh, spouts the spouts the last line um, of the movie. It's unreal every time. Well, we don't want to ruin it. We don't want to ruin it for any anybody who hasn't seen it yet. So, <laughs> don't, uh, necessarily go into it, but but um, but yes, um, I'm 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 with you. I'm with you. Great, great film. Great film. <clears throat> so, I guess that uh, brings brings me to uh, to my uh, number one, and this is one that uh, I'm sure a lot of people haven't seen. Definitely a cult. Definitely a cult classic. Definitely. Uh, one that um, everyone, anyone I've talked to who has seen it is very, very into it, and everybody else doesn't even know it exists. But that's all right. And uh, <laughs> you're gonna learn. You're gonna learn something today. Uh, it's a movie called, and I uh, kind of spilled the beans a little bit earlier, but or just a second ago, little, little Freudian slip. I was really excited about talking about it. But yeah, it's SLC Punk. Is the is I haven't the- watched that. Yeah, well, it's uh, no, it's not too late. You still can. <laughs> you still exist. Still got time. You're still able to, uh, to to watch it. Um, anywho, uh, SLC SLC stands for Salt Lake City, and it's uh, a movie about two the the two punks in Salt Lake City, Utah, in the mid '80s, uh, and uh, it's. Um, it's a ba- ba- sort of it's a pseudo autobiographical film uh, based on like the experiences of of the guy who wrote it uh, growing up as a mm-hmm. as a as a punk in Salt Lake in 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 uh, okay. he's, more, he's super Mormon super repressed uh, non punk Salt Lake City uh, right kind of like being a square peg in a round hole. And uh, <laughs> kind of growing up and realizing that punk really isn't uh, the sort of the, the be all end all that you thought it was going to be. Um, it really, uh, it, it to 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 break it down into like a category, it's a uh, it's a coming of age mockumentary because it's uh, the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Illard is the main character. He plays Stevo. Uh, one of the one of the punks uh, named after the uh, uh, lead guitarist of the Descendants. Actually, uh, that's where the name. Oh, really? Came from. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. So he, oh, I thought I thought you said he was the lead no, guitarist. No, 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 no. Like, that's where the, he's a completely fictional character. But um, yeah, yeah, and it's basically him and his friend Heroin Bob, who are just you know <laughs> mid, uh, early twenties punks living in Salt Lake City and just trying to, you know, fuck shit up how much they can. But yeah. Uh, but basically it's them just kind of like growing up and, and realizing that like, oof, uh, again, I can't really, uh, I want to be able to like say the, the, the ending line, but I want to, because I want people to be able to, <laughs> listen to it go watch go watch the go watch slc punk in the prestige um all right you want to want to kick it off into albums now yeah um i say uh after a quick break message from our sponsors and uh we'll 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 be right back with top three albums (laughs) and we're back 
little smoke break. Uh, yeah, you could call. It, you could say something like that. <laughs> but anywho, let's. Uh... Okay, just I just want to preface this section um, that I I growing up I really was never a complete album listener, so all of my um all like all i guess all of mine have just come about in the last um not a year but like two or three years just because i i'd never i've like had albums before but um interesting i just never li- i i just listened to like one or two songs off of it you know well, I, I was never a let me sit down and listen to this album my mine is uh mine is not in the past like couple years but uh it is um they're all they're all from the mid 2000s for mine oh, okay. and that's only and I, I decided to limit it like that because i wanted to um if i was just if, if the question if we're just talking about like favorite albums of all time that's a that's a that's a big topic and i wanted to just go ahead and pick yeah. albums from like my youth that came out in my okay. youth that um, yeah that i could go ahead and yeah i, I guess I, I guess i just did that anyway but yeah um, and it's like uh and like and there's and there's some stuff on there like that there's or there's some that aren't on there rather that should be because uh they just deserve a little more discussion than than what you know we're sort of doing right now so right um you, go ahead and start us off with your uh honorable mention okay um my honorable mention is uh Seosin by Seosin their self-titled album uh from 2006 okay. um just because 2006 is pretty much like around that that's when i started like listening heavily to um that kind of music like pop punk and and everything and well i'm sorry let's let's not put it that way it, it, it had been going I, I guess it had been a few years couple years before that but that was like a lot of really great albums came out in 06 and 07 just like some of my some of my favorite albums from that particular genre came out in like 06 07 let's we're talking uh like we we the king's self-titled album uh Rise, um, rise, rise or die trying by uh four year strong uh just so oh, what's, what's the um uh, now i can't even remember their name uh, all time low what, what was their album from 07 oh that i think part, it is uh, the party scene yeah, yeah 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 that that's great album yeah it is it is but um but yeah, Seosin by Seosin. It's very, 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 emo- very emotional lyrics. Uh, mm-hmm. I've always been a drummer. Uh, drums are drums are incredible. Very, very intricate. Very uh, sort of un- almost uncategoristically like intricate when it comes to uh, you know this this particular genre of music. And um, yeah, no, just very much a poignant part of my 
of my childhood was this album. Every single song is a hit. I recommend it if you haven't uh, gone and listened to it all yet, or if you haven't listened to Seosin at all. Um, or maybe if you're an old school Seosin fan and you prefer Anthony Green as their vocalist, um, you know, if you're wrong. Um, <laughs> but no, this is the first album with Cove Reaver as their singer. And uh, I think uh, everybody loves to, everybody loves to ride Anthony Green, but like, he's all right. He's just okay. <laughs> but no, definitely yeah. Cove Reaver Seosin is the way you want to go. And uh, I definitely think that this album is, uh, to go down as like one of one of the greats but that's my honorable mention what you got all right my honorable mention i got uh late registration by sir kanye west um nice i love this album uh i bought this album last year uh when i was trying to figure out what i was gonna do with my life um and i i had listened to obviously songs off of it and i'd probably listened to it all the way through before but i never owned the album um until i like picked it up at a half price books i think uh and just the um intro to that song is it just starts it just starts it off beautifully and i uh when i was driving the excursion uh in dallas i obviously had a cd player in there because uh the car as you know it was in that awkward stage Mm -hmm. of having no tape deck and no aux cord port and so all I had was the six CD changer. And that was the first album I bought for that CD rack. And I popped it in and I think I listened to it all the way through like four times in a row just driving, which in an excursion is just a dumb thing to do because I did not have the money to pay for gas. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure you did not. Um, so yeah, that's a very important album to me. Um, just because of like when I, when I bought the album for myself, that's how I, that's how I remember that album. Um, and obviously just the classic, uh, Hey Mama. Very, very important song to me because, uh, as, as you probably all know, Donda West is very important to Kanye, and my mom is very important to me. So I love listening to that song and listening retweet. to it on the CD. Makes, Ret- makes retweet if you love your mom. Yeah, retweet if you love your mom. Um, all right. And if you don't, lo- and if you don't love your mom, unfollow us. yeah please please don't listen if you don't love your mom if you're reaching if you're reaching this point uh in the podcast and you do not love your mom (laughs) just go ahead and turn turn it off turn this off turn this off now (laughs) and uh go ahead and delete go ahead and delete your account too while you're at it (laughs) and go call your mom yeah 
Yeah, actually, if you feel like if you, uh, I know we already we took a break earlier, but you guys are listening to this. Uh, you can pause it, pause it right now, and call your mom. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number, oh, number three stuff. for you, Kraus. All right, um, number three, and this was uh, I wanted to talk about this band for sure, and it was it was really hard to pick two two albums um, from my childhood because one one is more from my childhood, and one is more from like when I was like in high school so it's a little bit uh, mm-hmm. a little bit different but i decided to go with for those who have heart by a day to remember uh Ooh. this was their this was technically their second album but it's second kind album, of yeah. widely accepted as their first album because their first one is first one's very rough still good still good um uh, how but, how can they how, how do people even say that then that seems like a little well, ridiculous. For, uh, for those who heart was their first major label debut, so it, it, it's, oh, it's definitely oh, I, I it definitely that. yeah. And by okay. major label, well, by major label, I mean Victory Records, which they had a record deal, mid 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 middle mid 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 yeah. tier. Um, the funny thing, a funny thing uh, about it being on Victory Records is I realized. Uh, when I was kind of putting this 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 list together, I realized that all three of these top three bands are victory Re- or victory records releases, and uh, <laughs> and it, uh, made me think about it. And I'll get into it later with why. Um, but um, it was because well, two of them two, for those who have heart, uh, a song off for those who have heart, uh, the plot to bomb the panhandle. The lead the main like single from it or whatever was on a victory records sampler disc that um mm. I, I borrowed from a uh a girl that i was into at the time it was a, a little romantic names have been redacted for to protect the protect <laughs> protect protect those involved um and the song, uh, yeah, "Plot to Bomb the Panhandle" was was on this was on this record, um, and and uh, I'll get into it later with another with another of the albums where a track was was also on that Victory Records sampler, um, and uh, so it really started it really opened my eyes to uh, a new sort of realm of music that I hadn't really thought of before. Um, unfortunately. Uh, we don't know if y'all don't know about victory records they are uh, notorious for screwing over bands that are signed to them uh they're at uh they uh absolute garbage garbage label um yeah uh, but that being said back in the day they they signed some really really great bands um and they were they were uh really good for like kind of Bands that were like got, you know, back when MySpace was a thing, right? Bands that had like were like big on my. It was before like you know you 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 got discovered, even like on YouTube or whatever. You know, it was it was MySpace. Bands were getting discovered on MySpace, yeah. and um, that was a big 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 thing uh, for them. They were they're good at like finding these bands that like maybe had like a cult following, sort of like pushing them into the public sphere. While mm-hmm. also taking all of the money that they made selling records, right. but you know, right. we don't have to necessarily <laughs> get into that. Um, no. But anywho, yeah, uh, for those who have heart, it was um, big, uh, 
sort of change in like the, the direction of like my music listening and uh, really just uh, got me into a new of, of music, you know, easy core, you can call it yeah. pop punk, but with like breakdowns and everything like that. Like, you right. know, we can, yeah, we can spend all day talking about easy core, but we'll take it easy <laughs> for a little bit. Ooh, take it easy. Um, all right, num- at number three, I got the classic Anima of the State by Blink-182. Oh, you know, see, that's the reason I didn't pick that one because I was like, you know what? If I get started talking about Blink-182, especially Anima of the State, uh, I'm going to be on here for a couple <laughs> hours. So I decided to, for the sake of brevity, that right. I would that I would leave that one off the list. But... You know what? You brought it up, so let's rock and roll, brother. <laughs> Dude, I I had to toss it on. Mm-hmm. Um, just the I get the re-listen factor of it is just oh yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I, I I literally have no idea how many times I've listened to that album all the uh, way through, start to finish, just because it, it, it it's it, it's absurd. It's absurd. The amount of time <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually, so I bought the album again. Uh, I bought the CD. I can't remember where, but I gave it to my younger cousin mm-hmm. um, who just turned 13, I think. Um, yeah, he just turned 13. So he's like forming his music tastes now. Or maybe he's fourteen. I don't know, but he he's he's at the age where he's forming his music tastes, and I just wanted to sneak that one in there, get, oh. get another fan. Good, good of of punk. Because I mean, like in, it's in, it's in it's, it's it's their best. It's their best album. Um, yeah, it, it just is. In I the, mean, the Tom the Tom Cucks can bitch and moan about uh, Untitled and fucking neighborhoods but but, we, but we all know we're we we're we're a couple we're, we're a bunch of 200 iq fellas here you know <laughs> big, we know neighborhoods we know neighborhoods sucked <laughs> like it was bad <laughs> it was just bad you know and that's all right you know um, it, 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 it is what it is but like enemy of the state though will always go down as an absolute favorite Absolutely, by every by by so many people, and it and deservingly so. Every song, um, every every single song, it's it's you know like you. You may like really love an album, but maybe there's like a song that's like a song on it. Maybe you love the album as a whole, but there's a song that's like, eh, I def I, I I'm not necessarily gonna skip it if I'm listening through the record, but. I'm certainly never yeah. going to listen to it on its own, but Enema of the what State. What would that be for you? Enema of the State is one of those albums that doesn't have one of those songs. Oh, okay. I thought I thought yeah. you were, were going to say that that had one. I was like, oh, sir, it, well, it absolutely it absolutely does not. It is an example yeah. of a flawless record where every right. single song is great, and you yeah. will listen to every single song on its own, even. Um, right. And not just yeah, in the I mean, context of the album. People always put um, Dumpweed as the... or I mean, they always put Feeling This 
as their best opener, and it's easily Dumpweed. To, for um, an open opener. I uh yeah 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 I'm 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 definitely gonna back you up on that one because I don't yeah. really see feeling this as an opener. It doesn't have an opener feel to it. I like feeling this better. I think it's a better song. It's one of my favorite Blink-182 songs of all time. However, yeah. an opener, it's not an opener. It's more of a closer than anything else. Dude, if that if that uh, if that song closed an album, that might be that might be like the be- their best closer. I think I think if if, you know, I was there in 2003, the untitled sessions. <laughs> <laughs> uh well you you'd have been 10 yeah right yeah uh yes um you you would have made you would have made that the closer no i would have i would have act what i would have done is i would have uh i would have said um i would have given i would have put it at the end but also i would have still i would have still put um lost without you at the end because then uh, if, if you have if you have feeling this which is like the actual album closer it's the end of the album but then you have like a bonus song at the end that's kind of like a cool down after like the the big ending that is feeling this it'd be like yeah. in um like in american idiot mm-hmm. american idiot ends like big it's huge anthemic ending and then and what's her name comes on, and it's just a nice little nice. This is a good right. song to just sort of like take me back into real life. Take take you out of the album, yeah, yeah. But I I agree I agree with that. Again, I knew if we brought up Blink One Eight Two, we'd uh, there would be a lot of. But yes, Dumpweed, excellent, excellent opener, no doubt about that. All right, number two. Number two, okay. Um, all right, so number two, another uh, unfortunately another another victory records, and uh, I struggled with the placement of this one, and an, this is also another one that I struggle with uh, picking picking my favorite, but like this was definitely the one that needed to be picked, so it was not so not so much of a struggle as it was with the data remember, but Keys B Nights by Street Manifesto originally by Catch Twenty Two. Uh, for those of you who are not aware of the uh, Straightly Manifesto history, um, the lead lead singer and guitarist Thomas Kalnaki, and head songwriter, obviously, uh, his first his his second band really was Catch Twenty Two, and then he released one album with them, and that was Keys Be Nights, um, released on Victory Records. Um, uh, when he he left Catch Twenty Two because of some creative differences with some of the other members and formed Streetlight Manifesto with some of the members of Catch-22 and some other people that he worked with in the past. They released their first album, uh, Everything Goes Numb, and it was great. But then um, when they were getting ready to sort of, you know, record like their second album, Victory Records announced or sort of told them that they were going to re-release Catch-22's album, uh, F- uh, Keys Be Nights, do sort of like a re-release of it because it was so popular and they wanted to do like a bonus bonus re-release edition. So 
they Thomas was like, no, 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 no. I don't want you to re-release it because we recorded that and it sounded like shit. And um, I think we can do it better. We can we just re-record it, Mr. That Manifesto? Because like you know, these are all my songs. So can we just re-record it? And Victory was like, nope. Uh, you uh, signed a three-album contract with us, and uh, this re-release does not count as one of your one of your albums. So no, we are just going to go ahead and re-release it. And Thomas Kalnaki, the absolute madman that he is, <laughs> paid for the entire thing himself. Well, not just himself. I mean, they 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 raised the funds basically, like took everything yeah. that they made from everything goes numb and everything and all like the tours from everything goes numb and merch and everything like that and put all that money back into re-recording Keysby Nights. And <laughs> Victory, the absolute like, mad Victory, lad. Victory released it. And so it got distributed, but like they completely had to pay for it out of pocket, the re-release and uh, it's just an absolute. And like basically the entire, like, so everything that they added to the record, like this whole, there's a whole segment at the end where it's just kind of like a interview. It's an, it's a, it's a transcribed interview uh, between Kalnaki and like some reporter and, uh, it's like a text to voice thing where it's like, you know, got this like very robotic voices, like as the album, like, so it's just like all bunch of instrumentals, like closing out the album. And it's just basically going over it, like explaining the whole situation where like they had to pay for the entire thing themselves. And he's like, Conok, he's just like, at the end of the day, it'll piss people off. And that's really all that matters. <laughs> Um, but anyway, to talk about the album itself real quick, because obviously you got to do that. Um, yeah, it's, it, it deals with a lot of just sort of angst about like growing up sort of, uh, not necessarily like in like the slums, but definitely like urban and like, not necessarily that you not necessarily like living super poorly, but like growing up in sort of like a sketchy area where you had, you know, lots of opportunity or lots of sort of temptations, like, you know, get into like drugs and gangs and shit like that. But like trying to like be a normal grown up, like a normal person uh, Mm -hmm. within all this. And also just like kind of finding yourself like as a young adult or whatever. Um, Yeah. And uh it's just it's just very very good it's very fast it's very intense it's very like in your face um but but yeah so um keys be nights um i would i would recommend you know the 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 original version is is good uh the catch 22 version but uh, I would definitely just I would definitely recommend the Streetlight Manifesto version as it is like the the original writer Thomas Kalnaki. It's it's his it's his idealized version of this beast of an album. So, yeah. um, definitely definitely would recommend it uh, to anybody. And uh, I do I guess I suppose I do have to put on the the classic sort of caveat. It is ska. So you're going to have to get over that, <laughs> you bastards. 
Suck it up and listen to it. It's Suck good. it up and listen to some ska, you idiots. <laughs> you seventy. We're gonna IQ, have to put that. You seventy IQ motherfuckers. We're gonna we're gonna have to put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Suck it up and listen to some ska. Um. All right. So for my number two, I got it. I got a, a not really recent, but um recent enough um i got uh diamonds and gasoline by oh shoot okay that's another example of a flawless record right absolutely i i got i got three i i would consider late registration uh near flawless but i think my top three are all flawless records mm-hmm. um and they're all complete listen throughs you don't want to skip any of them um so diamonds and gasoline my first experience with this album um was probably freshman year at ud mm-hmm. sure. um university of dallas and um I the first time I listened to it, I I don't think like anything like hit me like that. And then I just I don't think I listened to it again for a while. Um and then within the last like two years probably, um, mm-hmm. it's just quickly rise through the ranks of my favorite music of all time you know oh yeah i mean um, I, i've seen them i've seen them a few times live and they are just yeah first of all this band dear dear reader if you have not turned yourself on to the turnpike troubadours yet um you're you're missing out diamonds of gasoline yeah. is such an auspicious debut well it's not technically their debut but Again, it's the same it's just kind of same scenario with the other one. Same, like, same deal. Is. First album is like they, uh, the the band doesn't really care for it. Uh, but Diamonds and Gasoline is just absolutely start to finish an absolutely incredible album. It contains on that album, uh, I in my opinion, my favorite love song ever written. And that's Every yeah. Girl. Um, no, when you explained to me why because when you explained to me uh your reasoning for loving every girl like so much um i i can't even now remember why i began to love it like i can't even remember what my reasoning was for loving it like it was now every time i listen to it i think of what you said when you were explaining to me would you like to Um, explain to our dear readers um, I mean, it's it's your explanation, so you, you might as well go for it. No, buddy, you got it. It's your explanation now. <laughs> All right. Um, so what I think uh, what Krauss was saying was that um, the the person and the girl that the lead singer is serenading. Um, He's saying that everything in my life, everything that has happened to me, every 
relationship I've been in. It is all and um like every girl that I've known has led to you. Mm-hmm. And I I I don't think it's um that the girl he's singing to is has every single characteristic right of um the girls that he's dated or known in the past but basically um, like everything that i've ever thought that i loved about somebody else right right it, basically it's, i think it's, it's like it comes to fruition in in, in yeah. you how how can i say that i loved these people when there were so many obviously things wrong with them or things that just they didn't vibe with each other that have come to a culmination in this girl and she's every girl he's ever known and when when he explained that to me i was just like huh and i i i seriously i don't even remember what i was thinking about or like what i thought about the song before that point you know mm-hmm. it was just very very a good a good point well made by Krauss. um but i think probably my favorite uh song off that album is uh the funeral we got, we got oh oh okay a dark horse a dark horse for sure um and it's the story of a guy going back to his hometown for his father's funeral and um the whole story is he's just kind of like disconnected from the family but he's still doing everything that he would be doing if he were still around and he he, it goes on to say like he's obviously out of town he's visiting and um like the last line uh he says his mom says why does it take a funeral boy to bring you back to town? And that's just so powerful because I think in like today's world, um, I don't, I don't know if you saw the Jeremy McClellan thread, uh, across, um, but he just talked about like how as kids now we're like just taught to leave home, build a new life in some other state. And, um, we're not supposed to it's it's weird for us to be in our hometowns for our whole lives where that was the norm for ever at least 2000 years yeah you know yeah or or nine nine years and that's Um, like turnpike troubadours in general they have a lot of songs about that about leaving like coming back to your hometown from having left it mm-hmm. and realizing that right. you really oughtn't have left in the first place. Right. Um, a great, great example of this comes from like their self-titled album, uh, the bird, Hunt, the song, the bird hunters. Yeah. Um, where it's talking about leaving, leaving, leaving home to chase a girl, chase a career, chase the big city dream. And basically coming back to your hometown after those dreams kind of didn't really turn out the way you thought that they were going to be and realizing that like why the hell like 
and 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 like all the people that and it's like all all the people that didn't leave and are still there and you come back to them and they're just like yeah where you been buddy like <laughs> all right well uh you're not as cool as you used to be but don't worry we're still your book yeah. we're still we're still like we still we still love you you know like it's just like <laughs> it's just such a beautiful song about like coming coming back to your roots and then you know getting shit for it though like from 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 the people that you left being like they're like hey man you really kind of lost your touch when you were uh since you've been gone hey don't worry though right like, we'll get we'll get you back we'll get you back we're all good yeah. yeah um but i will say the funeral why i love it if you're listening you can go ahead and pause it right now and go call your dad tell him you yeah. love him and um be around you don't have, you don't have to and, tell him you love him if that's not the kind of relationship you have with your dad but like call your dad talk, and, and, right. and talk to him let's see that should be uh, the relationship that you have with your dad though I, I i get that but like you know sometimes so you know dudes don't necessarily talk about feelings that much you know and it's okay if you, you uh, your dad knows you love him and you can show him you love him by giving him a call and talking about okay 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 fair point all right top album what do you got <sighs> all right um i feel bad i've uh apparently picked picked albums that uh aren't particularly well known because we've definitely talked a lot more about the ones you've picked than the ones that i have but that's all right <laughs> um we can uh you're, you're, just, a little, you're just a little more nuanced in your so, music tastes so dear reader you can uh use this use this this episode to sort of uh dive into the records you've already listened to and uh get a nice little nostalgic uh discussion about you know your your the music you already like and uh you can look on on my end you can uh find some new shit and branch out into uh and you can make yourself a new a new person but anywho all right 2006 again this this uh shoot all just of, monster year all of mine all of mine have been have been 2006 um no that's not true um uh freaking um for those who have art with 2007 so so not quite not quite <laughs> no, not quite all the same but um another 2006 this is going to be unicornography by the falcon those of you who don't know who the falcon is uh you may know two they're essentially a super group you may know of the two bands that the members from from which the uh, members came and that would be the lawrence arms and alkaline trio the so it's uh basically um brandon kelly and uh shoot What's the dude's name? David Hennessy from uh, from Lawrence Arms, singer, singer and bassist and drummer, and then uh, freaking Mike Andriano from Alkaline Trio, 
And so Derek and they, Dan? they were all together. They were all together in a band in the early 90s. No. Yeah, early 90s called uh, Slapstick. And they were one of the first like ska punk bands. First like big ska punk bands. And uh, they released one album and then kind of went their separate ways because they didn't want to do ska anymore. And that's fine because we got Alkaline Trio and Lawrence Arms out of it. And that's cool. And also their, uh, their uh, I can't remember the dude's name, but their, uh, the guy that played saxophone for him actually went on to join another big ska band, Less Than Jake. Probably heard of them. Kind of a big deal, but whatever. Um, but anyway, The Falcon. Uh, side, basically a side project for like these guys. And I think their best work, ironically, maybe not ironically. That's not really irony, is it? Luke, uh, is that is that is that irony, Rig? I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I just say yeah. I just say unironic and ironic when I'm talking about mm-hmm. memes. So right. The, the, yeah. Those are really the only re- those are really the only references well, I have to that word. I really don't think it's I really <laughs> don't think it's actual irony, but it's their side. It's a side project, right. and I think it's their best work. So anyway, it's basically just like this in your face. It's, it's, it's still, it's, it's punk, but um, they did a really cool way of basically it's all acoustically written songs, but like turned into punk songs and they kept the acoustic guitar. So the entire thing is like basically it's punk rock album and there's acoustic guitar layered over everything Hmm. and uh it's pretty awesome it's pretty awesome actually um uh a band called rise against i don't know if you ever heard of of them they're kind of a big deal um their lead guitarist um his name escapes me at the moment um played guitar on the album with them he didn't tour he didn't tour with them or anything but he uh yeah recorded guitar on the album and uh it's basically just Basically, Brandon Kelly, he writes songs that I want to write, but I'm scared to. (laughs) (laughs) And he and but but he doesn't he doesn't care. He he'll like basically write songs that like kind of paints him in a pretty bad light, but they're honest. Yeah, and it's just like wow, really, man, you're kind of a shitty person if this song is really about you. (laughs) Um. But like you're trying, so I guess it's good, right? But when it really comes down <laughs> to it, though, it's like, you know, you're he basically, you know, you know what's bad about yourself, but you don't necessarily want to talk about it. Yeah. Brandon Kelly doesn't mind talking about it, <laughs> right? So it's a, it's, it's, so his writing style is very abrasive in that sense, but it's abrasive because he has the guts to do what you as a songwriter or really just you as a person don't have the guts to do. Yeah. And it's just like really just like write songs about your vices in, in, in the context of a society that kind of promotes a lot of the vices, a lot of your vices. Yeah. But you're still you still have this internal moral struggle where you're like, mm, 
I don't know if this is the right thing or not. It probably isn't, but I don't really care. But like, I still kind of do care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's absolutely. I kind of got. And What's that's that? absolutely uh, the case with unicornography. It's just, uh, it's it's very much like it's an uncomfortable album for that reason, for sure. Um, uh-huh. and, uh, fun, fun little story, fun little story about this, uh, about this band. They released Unicornography in 2006 and I discovered this because of the song, the lazy boy 500, which was on the same victory record sampler that, uh, that I borrowed from this girl. And uh so i loved it was my favorite it was probably my favorite song on on the sampler and so i immediately like went out and got that that album which it came out like the year before the year before and i loved it i loved it i listened to it all the time fast forward 10 years to 2016 where they got back together and released their second album gather up the chaps and they went out on a tour but not a very big tour because they're not a very you know big band um they basically never made it south of the mason dixon and i was really upset about that because i live in texas these days and uh they're from chicago originally and uh yeah no i was like man shoot i'm not gonna be able to see these guys on their on their tour that sucks but then i was in st louis almost like kind of like on a surprise visit. I didn't necessarily expect to be there. Um, But then a buddy of mine from high school, a guy who I have not, I had not talked to since graduation and really haven't (laughs) talked to since. He sends me a message on Facebook. He's just like, hey man, you in town? And I was like, first of all, hey bud. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, actually yeah i am (laughs) what's up (laughs) why do you ask and he was like you know tonight in the loop the falcon is playing a show at blueberry hill and uh i remember like you were kind of a big fan of them and i and i was just like Oh shoot! I didn't realize that they were playing a show in St. Louis tonight because I had already <laughs> written off like the idea of getting to see them. I so I forgot like where all you know. So I wasn't thinking about it, and I was like, "Oh shit! Yeah, I'm in town. Uh, I'll see you there." <laughs> and so, <clears throat> Blueberry Hill. It's the Duck Room at Blueberry Hill. It's a very small, like kind of basement style venue uh, in St. Louis. And um, the stage is about a coffee table's height off of the ground. And, um, and it's probably, it's got to be maybe, maybe 200. The room is like 200 square feet tops, stage included. Very small, very packed bar, bar at the back, stage at the stage at the stage at the front, one entrance, Mm -hmm. like, very small 
Um, and so, like, I'm obviously just loving it. Great, great show. Um, and uh, I know that their last song is going to be The Lazy Boy 500. I know this for two reasons. One is because uh, I just kind of know that that's going to be their last song. And two, because I'm so close to the stage that, like, I actually peeped their set list while <laughs> 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 while, while, while it's going on. So like I'm like, all right, Unreal. sick. All right, sick. Lazy Boy 500 is going to be the last one. So uh, I'm super stoked for it. So I'm enjoying the show. They start, all right. And then they start playing Lazy Boy 500. There's a point in the uh, the song where um, it's kind of, it's I guess it, 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 it has the effect of a bridge, but essentially it's just like, the chorus, but acapella. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I know this is coming. So right, right before, so there's like a little solo. There's like a little solo that happens like right before it or whatever. And uh, during the solo, I like climb up on stage and <laughs> run up, run up right next to Brandon Kelly, put my arm around him and like take, put my right arm around him no and then like kind of grab the mic with my right hand it's because it's not because it's on a stand it's on a stand you know because he's playing the bass yeah grab the mic with my left hand and but i don't like totally grab it like i i, I hold it like so we you, you hold we it can share it so yeah. we can share it you know and yeah uh acapella chorus i'm singing on stage with brandy kelly when the bell tolls <laughs> i'll be fine and just so at, Singing, singing, singing the acapella chorus with Brandon Kelly into into his mic, and then when the the music's about to come back in, I you know jump out into the crowd and like you know surf around a little bit during the right. during like because they repeat the chorus with with the with the lyrics again and uh, easily my favorite concert experience, and it's all because yeah. of this two thousand six <laughs> album. That uh, <laughs> that was just literally just a side project for these dudes, right? But I loved it so much. I listened to it yeah. a couple times a year. So, um, there we go. Unicornography. I actually, I don't think you've ever told me that story before. Really? So it's one of my favorite stories. Well, there you go. You all get to learn something. Yeah, there you go. I get to learn something. You guys get to learn something. Um, All right, so I'm going to go into my number one album. This is another from our good friend, Mr. Kanye West. Oh, Senior senior Quest? Senior Quest. Uh, I believe this would be one, two, three, four. His fifth studio album. Um. My oh, beautiful dark twisted my fantasy. Beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Absolutely. Yeah. I. I mean. I think it's. Um, yeah. Flawless certainly, album. Certainly. Certainly my favorite. Right. And. Uh, I mean, again, I. I think I'm going off of just re-listening quality, but this I will never get tired of this album, and. I will 
continue to hold to the fact that um, Kanye is the best at skidding in his like throughout his albums. Obviously, the the classics in uh, college dropout and late registration, but he has these uh, intermittent songs that just I think completely tie the album together. Um. So the only one that really is considered one of those skidding songs is uh, "Blame Game," and I've had I think I've had a few conversations with some people that just don't like the song "Blame Game," and it's kind of ridiculous that they do because. I, it's like an important song on the album, and I don't think that the album would even be as good if it weren't on there. Um, I agree. It's a great because I, mean, I, I like that. I like that song though. So yeah. Um, and why I think it's so important is because uh, like this whole the whole uh album is this uh like dark rough um like gritty sound and it's it's kind of like a not it's not a serenade but it's it's just like kind of like a a lament if if you will Mm -hmm. of like of relationship lost um and I think that's like how he he he's kind of structured that album is like the hot and heavy at the beginning, like just the exciting and I uh, the excitingness of the songs like Monster and All the Lights. Um, it's just like boom, boom, speaking, bang. Speaking of Monster, I. Do not like Nicki Minaj. Never been a fan. However, her verse, her verse, Monster, she absolutely murders it. Goes off. I think. No, I, I, I think it's my favorite. Agree. I think it's my favorite verse on on, on that on that on that song. Like, on I think, the, I, I oh, think, on the song or on I the think, album? No, on the on the on the song. I think I okay. think she I think she kills everybody else on that track. Oh yeah, me too. Um, and no, but I, it's funny. I, I, it's I funny because track. like I don't I don't care for her music in general. Not, I definitely enjoyed I. some. I definitely enjoyed like some of her songs, and uh, and but like I think I like her as a featured artist more, like way more. Than, right. and that's well, not I mean, to say, and that's not to say though. Like if Super Bass comes on at a party, like I'm I'm gonna I'm still gonna get down. I'm gonna throw. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, throw shake, I'm gonna shake my I'm gonna shake my booty. To super bass, like I mean, right? I I'm I'm only human. <laughs> yeah, you're not you're not gonna not like I'm not a, like, I'm not a robot. I'm gonna shake my booty to super bass. But as far as like her as an actual like lyricist as a rapper, quote unquote, yeah. you know, monster is where she's just like you know, murdering fools. <laughs> um. Yeah. So also, uh, what's that, what's that song she what's did that? with with Eminem? It was from I the think recovery. It was from the, it was from the. Re- I don't. It's Isn't something that also like monster? monster. It's something like monster, but it's not monster. It's a. Uh, 
It's uh, she did with Eminem. It was it was like one of the bonus tracks from Recovery. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Monster. Maybe it was. I'm gonna look it up. So there's there's Kanye influencing the goat, Eminem, right there. Well, considered the goat, I would consider Kanye the goat, but you know, I'm not a rap genius. Oh I no, it's like definitely Kanye. not. It's called Roman's Revenge, but she talks about dragons uh, in the song. So, right, that's what made you think it was. But yes, yeah, no, I, 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 I was. I'll still say you influenced it. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> um. Yeah, so that's it for my albums. Um, I think this uh, keg's kind of floating a little bit. Yeah, I think you're right. All right. Keg's floated. Everybody go home. Drive safe. Have a great night. Thank you for joining us. And remember to always, always, always drink local.